Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and we're about to take a wild ride into the lesser-known side of rodeo life. While the biggest names in rodeo are out in the arena entertaining us all, these are the stories of the people behind the scenes, supporting them and holding it all together. Unfiltered conversations with the partners, parents, and children of your favorite rodeo athletes on what it takes to navigate relationships, raise families, and pursue careers while the ones they love are out chasing their gold buckle dreams. Whether you're a part of this big rodeo family, a fan of the action, or a lover of Western culture, Companion Pass is where you'll find all of the insights you've been craving. Taylor Hanchi is on Companion Pass today. Now, Taylor, I'm sure you recognize her name. She's, of course, married to Shane Hanchi, the tie-down roper, who is, I got at least a dozen plus NFR qualifications. She and I couldn't quite hammer out the exact number. He's also a world champion. Taylor is also a breakaway roper with two finals qualifications, and she is a two-time NFR qualifier in the barrel racing. You may know her by her previous name, Taylor Jacob. And so I think we need to find these two Taylors in this episode. Taylor, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Usually at the beginning of the episodes, we start out and I'm like, how did you meet your husband or your significant other? I think your story is a little bit different because like I said, there's Taylor pre-Shane and there's Taylor now with Shane. And you had a super successful rodeo career before you and Shane got married. And so it's obvious how you and Shane met. Obviously, rodeo is the common denominator there. But I'd love to start out by talking about your time rodeoing before you two were together. Okay, yeah. So I always rodeoed and I went to the high school rodeos and Shane and I, we, we discussed our evolution of our relationship uh, <laughs> last night to make sure we were both on the same page. So I met him for the first time at the high school final. And then after that, the next time I really met him was while I was rodeoing in 2013. And that was my rookie year. And at that point, I was better friends with his sister, Megan, than I was him. He was just more of an acquaintance. We met because I broke down on the way from Calgary to Nampa. And I'll be honest, I didn't have a great impression of him at first. I just thought he was a little bit arrogant, maybe, and not super smart. And now knowing him, he's not that way at all. But that's just the way he came across when I had seen him doing what we did. And yeah, I, we broke down and he ended up picking me up. And we just became friends and went from there. And in 2013, I made the finals for the first time in the barrel racing. And that was a pretty cool year, especially now looking back, because I set the arena record that year. It was an awesome year for me. And then Shane won the world that year as well. And I didn't know at the time, but... He said he was watching on the back of the bucket and shoots every night. Because he's like, I knew who you were. I was watching. But I think it's cool now looking back that he was like an outside part of it the whole time. Yeah. So then we ended up actually starting to date in 2015. And we went to the finals in 2015 as a couple and we had both made it. And so that's the only time that we've both been competing there. And... It was a lot of fun. I want to do it again, obviously, but it was definitely a different dynamic because I thought, I, oh, I'll just watch you on the TV in the back and I don't need, I don't need any help in the back. And it turned out like I'm like, 
I'd say, like, I know your brother's here to help you, but I really need him in the alleyway. <laughs> and it was so much fun. But then after that, I lost Bo in 2018, and I just took a back seat to rodeo. I didn't have a great horse, and I honestly didn't know what I was doing with my life. I just lost Bo, and, and I'd rodeoed for, at that point, four years, and I didn't know where to go from there. So Shane and I went from dating and rodeoing, not together, but being at some of the same rodeos together, to now I was at home, and he was out rodeoing. It was a different dynamic than we were used to because he was out there having fun and winning and doing what he does. Then I was at home in a funk. And so I would say that was like a, a rough patch. And then let's see. I remember I told Shane this. I remember in 2018 or 19 going to Reno and Reno with Shane and that being like my first rodeo that I had been to since I had lost Bo. And I held it together for the most part, but we got in the truck and I just, I'm not a crier. I'm not a crier at all. And just tears started running on my face. And he's what is wrong? And here I am trying to be happy to see him and to be with him and all that, but I just missed it. It took a long time, honestly, to be able to go to the rodeo and not be bummed. Like, I was here and I was competitive and I, and I won and not be sad about it. At this point, I go to the rodeos and I'm like, I did good at this rodeo or I didn't like this rodeo. And I have good and bad memories, but I'm not sad about it. So after that, in 2020, at the NFR COVID year, I watched the first breakaway finals. And I had roped breakaway in college and high school and all that. And I just quit because there wasn't a whole lot to do afterwards. And... So I got home for, we got home from the 2020 NFR and I told Shane, I said, I want to start roping. And he was like, I think I'm just going to take a little break. I just came off the NFR. It was good. It was a good NFR for him. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You can just turn out for me. Like you don't have to rope, but you can turn out calves for me. And so that's what started it. And in 2021 and 2022, I made the NFR and FBR finals in the breakaway. And that was a totally different experience there i went to a lot of rodeos I'd never been like on the rope and shoot end of it i knew where the alleyway was where the best place to park was and stuff like that but it was a total different perspective when i got to the rodeos so it was it was cool to go and i had great travel partners that went with me not shame but it was fun to be out there again and to be competing and to be out there not necessarily with shane but both competing and doing something that we love. There's, gosh, there's so much that you just said there that I want to go back through and talk about. You talking about going from rodeoing on your own and, and making the finals and have that amazing rookie year and all of that and being really immersed in just that lifestyle consumed by you're obviously a natural competitor. Um, and then moving into that new role of just being the one left at home. And I, that's like mirrors my story. I feel that so deeply. And that sense of kind of jealousy that they're out rodeoing, it has nothing to do, it didn't for me, nothing to do with not being happy for them that they're still out there living their dream. I think it's the feeling of knowing 
exactly what they're feeling and what they're experiencing out on that road that you just miss and you want it for yourself. And so seeing the person that you love out there doing what you wish for yourself is is a tough pill to swallow a little bit. I always felt this like feeling of being a little bit left out or just that, like I said, jealousy. Is that what you were feeling when you were left at home? This, oh, I wish that was me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to go through all the emotions that you go through when rodeoing. I miss the ups and downs. It's funny because Shane would call me and he would be bummed out. Sometimes I would be like, oh yeah, okay. And sometimes I'd be like, hey, you could be at home. Like it could be worse. (laughs) And I had the balance that of like going, oh, it's okay. And going, you could be stuck at home like, yeah. with a real job. And I think as cowboys and cowgirls, we all, rodeo is fun. And you win big or you lose big. And I think it's addicting. I think you have to, when you don't do it anymore, you have to almost come off of that high and that low and all of those emotions. And now have what I call a normal life. And now that I've done a normal life, it's nice now that I'm used to it. But for a little while, I was like, man, I didn't have to drive 12 hours. And yeah. I didn't lose a a thousand dollars. This is this is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. But it really, in all reality, you're like, man, this consistency and the schedule is actually pretty cool. You're, the, I think, the first person that's brought up the aspect of how you get a little bit addicted to these like extreme emotions that come with rodeo. You feel so alive all of the time, and I, I feel like on this podcast, we definitely touch or try to at least explain and talk about the real sides of rodeos and the challenges and struggles. And I sometimes wonder if people listening are like, why the heck does anybody do this? We all know there are great things. (laughs) That's sort of it. It's like you, it's so exhilarating, all of it. And you become, you adjust to these like lows because it makes the highs and the wins so much better. You feel everything in such an intense way. And that's got to be what keeps us all coming back, right? It has to be. I, I don't know what else it is. So it has to be the, the highs. And then we just endure to try to get back to the highs. Yeah, absolutely. Another one of the things that you said on that or said there that I felt so deeply was how you staying home and then going back to a rodeo when you were outside of the competitive role was so hard. And I talked about it when Luke and I, when I had him on the show, but it was like painful for me to go to a rodeo after I stopped rodeoing he was still out there I avoided it he'd be like do you want to fly out for such and stuff and I think there was probably two years that I maybe went to two rodeos it was just so hard for me to sit there and watch I had such a lump in my throat and just it just it was so hard I felt so far removed from being that person and just missed it so much that it was so difficult. So you was talking about sitting there and just crying like that. I'm right back in that place and feeling those same emotions of leaving that behind. Honestly, yeah, there's been two times that I can tell you that I would like, I didn't want to be at the rodeo. And I feel bad saying that, but it's just where I was at the moment. In 2016, I ended up 16th in the world. And Shane made it. And so here I went putting on my big girl panties and my supportive wife robe. And I'm sitting in the stands the first night I didn't watch the girls. I didn't. I just, I knew that I wasn't ready. 
And so the second night I sit up there and I watch the barrels and again, just tears are rolling down my face and I'm like, oh my gosh, get it together. I'm sure people are watching you, which I'm sure nobody was, nobody cares, but it was just like, I wanted to be there and work hard to be there and to end up 16th and to have to watch Shane and I wanted to be there for Shane, but then to sit there and just be like, that could have been me had I won. A, a few more dollars that was hard and then but I still had though so there was still like it, it could have been me maybe next year it'll be me and then like I said in Reno I think it was 2019 maybe I don't know anyways not having Bo at all anymore and going am I ever going yeah. to get back here so it was two different emotions but like I said I've come a long way since then I think exactly what you were talking about is that it just takes time and distance, putting that between you and that part of your life or that experience to make you look at it in a different way. Like you said, it goes from sad feelings and mourning it and feeling a little bit bitter or just sad to then being more fond memories of times that you won this rodeo or whatever. It's not quite the feeling of one at that time. And now I never will again. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What were some of the things when you were rodeoing? What are some of the like things that you learned either about yourself or about life? Because I I find that rodeoing, there's so many like hidden little life lessons in it or qualities that it teaches us that are really valuable outside of just the rodeo arena. I would say that I am a pretty good mechanic at this point. Rodeo taught me how to troubleshoot, whether it's mechanics or entering or whatever it is that the rodeo trail throws at you. And Really, how to be independent or to take care of whatever life and rodeo throws at you. I know there was a lot of times when I could call Shane, but he was somewhere else, or I could call back home, but nobody's right there immediately to help you. So you really just got to either you either freak out and let it affect you, or you figure it out and roll with it. And I think all the time that. I in in real life that happened. I would always say that when I get in the box, um, Shane likes to panic. He is you call him and the world is ending and he just like his head spins around on a swivel and I have to be the calm voice of reason in it all. So it's very interesting when either one of us have problems. Oh, that's really funny to hear. Luke and I are very much the same way, except for roles are reversed. He's always the calm, cool, collected one. And I'm always like, the sky is falling. This is an emergency. And he will pop <laughs> out the ledge. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah, it's uh, Shane and I, I would say, are pretty much opposites in almost everything. Really? And so it, Yes. As a girl, you always think, who am I going to end up with? And what is my life going to be like? And I can honestly say it—it it is not what I expected, you know, with Shane, but it is everything that I need. He balances me, which is great because he hates when I say this, but he's a little bit more emotional. He makes decisions with emotions and makes like rash decisions. And I'm like, let's think it through. And let's. And so we both need it. Yeah. I really want to talk more about that. So what are some ways, aside from what you just said, where you two see things differently and balance each other out? Are there places, 
like rodeo wise or your approach as competitors where that manifests itself that like you guys approaching that with different mindsets? I am more of, hey, let's win first every time and then you win the average. Okay. You win first 10 times, you win the average. Like that seems pretty simple to me. And Shana's, no, let's win like third or fourth. Let's just be consistent. Let's not make any mistakes. You'll end up winning the average or second. And that's pretty good. And so I have more of an aggressive, even my personality, I would say, is more aggressive than his, but a more aggressive approach to rodeo and to life. And he is more laid back. Let's just chill a little bit. And it's very interesting when we practice together, the approach that I think he should take and the approach that he thinks he should take and vice versa for me. Our opposites manifest all the time. Yeah. That's so interesting for me to hear because I, I want to say that you're the first person that's um, brought this perspective in that you guys are so opposite in your approach. He's a little bit more laid back and relaxed and I'm thinking you're saying he's a little bit more safe and cautious and you're more like out there, we're winning first, it's all or nothing, like that kind of approach. But the fact that you have both found so much success independently in your careers, despite having such different approaches, are there little bits of wisdom or tips you pull from his personality as far as competition that you're like, all right, maybe I can do some of these things maybe Shane would do in this situation. Yeah, I do. And, and there's so many times I'm like, I wish I could do this like Shane. And I'm like, okay, he's honestly, he's just better than me. And it, and, it, and it's, oh, I, you know, I don't like that. But it, it in all honesty, I'm like, okay, I want to do it like Shane, but I've got to find my way of doing yes. it. And I think in the breakaway versus the tie down, there there's a lot of similarities, but there are some differences. In the breakaway, absolutely, you cannot miss a barrier. If you're three inches off of it, you've missed the barrier. And in the tie down, that's okay. And it's taken a little bit of adjusting on both of our parts when I'm like, I missed the barrier three inches. And he's, oh, no. And I'm like, no, that's a big deal. Like, I'm not going to win anything. And it's definitely been a push and pull kind of deal. But I think at the end of the day, we both listen to what each other says. And we I know for me and and for him as well, like we have a little have to have a little time to think about it and then come back to it. I know in the heat of the moment, we're both like not doing it. But I think come the next day, we maybe readjust and we might not say, oh, I'm going to do what you do, but you can tell. Sure. I think you two are in a really unique position in that the events you both are currently doing, you breakaway roping and him tie down roping. Those are the most similar events a husband and wife can do in rodeo. You're both roping calves. Obviously, you're not tying them down. But everything else, like if you're barrel racing and loose steer wrestling, nothing about what we do other than getting on a horse is the same. And so you two are in a unique position in order to be able to, like you said, compare how far off the barrier, what your approach is to the start, what your approach is to the calf, like all of that, which I could see being both a benefit and also something that creates friction because you have totally different approaches <laughs> to it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's funny that when he's at the radio, I'll say, what do you think the start is? And he'll tell me what he thinks. And already in my mind, I'm going, okay, he's gonna, that's him going again, a little off the barrier. So I'm going to see a little bit less. Like I'm already calculating how to interpret what he thinks it is so that I can be where I want to be. And so it's funny because like my, my friends that are around, they know exactly what's happening when he says, oh, I think it's a year. And I'm like, okay. I just say, I just nod my head. I'm like, okay. 
And and he walks off and they're like, so what do you really think it is? And I'm like, I think it's like right behind him. Like I said, it's a, a very interesting. And I think probably the, the people that are around us uh, all the time, they have to uh, giggle at times and go, oh my gosh, when he says something that I don't necessarily agree with, I do push back. And there's times I'm sure I shouldn't, but I, I've been better about like knowing when to push back and when to just shake my head and smile and go, okay, yep, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> so I, I'm sure from an outsider looking in, it's a very entertaining. So that's us talking about your differences when you're both competing. How does that influence your role as just the wife? As the wife of these rodeo athletes, we all are cheerleaders and we're fans of theirs and want to go out there and see them do their best. Do those same differences in approach to your views on rodeo influence how you support him just as a wife? I Yes, I think so. Like I said, I am sometimes more vocal than I should be, but... I am 100% his biggest cheerleader. And I think as a supporter and a wife, it is the hardest position to be in because you just have to deal with whatever happens, whether it's good or bad. You're just there for the fallout or for the celebration. You can do everything in your power beforehand, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's on them. And so to sit there and have no control over anything other than your emotions and how you react and that is so hard so hard and Shane has a lot of good friends and a lot of supporters and a lot of people that pat him on the back and tell him how great he is he is great he honestly is but sometimes I feel like somebody in the circle has to be a truth teller instead of just saying attaboy I think somebody has to go mm, I think you need to do this or and I don't know how I got that position because I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I maybe there was just a void. I don't know. He tells me all the time, he's like, I don't know how to win without you before. Being a total smart ass. But I'm just like, I, and I'm like, I don't know me either. And I do have to be the person that is, maybe if you'd have done this or, and it's not a fun position to be in, but I think almost everybody has to have that person. I know Shana is also that person for me that just is your voice of reason and your reality check and so it's a hard position for me to be in because i don't know i have to be careful when i'm the cheerleader like when i'm you know it's okay you'll do better next time and you know be more aggressive or like he's so laid back that i almost think he needs somebody to like light a fire under him sometimes yeah and so sometimes that is me yeah it's it sounds like a little bit of tough love that's the person or the role that you feel like sometimes you need to fill. Absolutely. And and I tell him that too. I'm like, I say all of these things out of love and it's only because I want you to win and be successful and be the best, but it is tough love. And sometimes he takes it and sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> and that's just part of it. He, like I said, he always usually goes and thinks about it. And then we come back to it. That's another thing that I don't know that anybody has shared is that side of it, which I love hearing, and especially you saying that it's not really the job you want. And that's important because I think it's when you love anybody, regardless of if you have any association to rodeo, it feels so much better just to always say nice things. It's like just always be like, you're great. You're amazing. You'll get him next time. And it's not because we don't believe in them or you don't believe in him. It's like you were saying, I think that you see his greatness 
and how wonderful he is and all of his talent. And so you know that he's capable of maybe more, not that he isn't crazy successful because obviously he is. But when you see him in those times, that really is your way of showing him how much you believe in him. Absolutely. And it, like I said, it's a hard position to be in because I'm, I, he expects a lot from himself and so do I really. Surely in the seven years that we dated, he knew what he was getting. It's not like I just, we got married and I slipped the switch. And it's, and he, it's funny because I sometimes want the same from him. I want him to be hard on me. He doesn't like it. And he'll just be like, it was fine. And I'm like, it wasn't fine. Tell me what to do. And I have to pry it out of him. Yeah. And that's just how he is. Whereas I'm like, if he asks, I'm going to tell him. He doesn't have to pry it out of me. Yeah, We talk a lot. It, it seems like it's gotten brought up often about how rodeo is a selfish sport. And it's that's been a real eye opener to me, I can tell you, in doing this podcast. Because I can remember the first time hearing Luke say that he felt like he was very selfish and it was because that was what he had to be in order to be successful. And we were, I'm talking like, we were years into our marriage, like 10, 15 years we'd been married before I heard him say that. And I had never thought about it in those terms. And as soon as he put those words to it, I'm like, how? He's totally right. And then in starting this podcast and talking to people, it's been brought up over and over again. And I think that's so interesting to me that I never labeled it with that word or that term or viewed it through that lens, but that it's so accurate and that so many other people living this lifestyle also view it that way. And so I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that or if you agree with that since both of you come from a rodeo career. I do. I think that rodeo is, to be great, you do have to be selfish to an extent. And maybe this is just me rationalizing it in my own head, and so I can deal with it better. But I think to be great at anything, whether uh, it's business or like whatever you set your mind to, and if you want to be truly great, I think you have to be selfish. I don't think it's just rodeo. I'm sure... There's been times that you've missed stuff because you're at the shop and stuff like that. And I think CEOs, they probably miss stuff that, that, that they want to be with their family because they're determined to be great and they're determined to be successful. So I have really told myself that it's not just rodeo people. Yeah. Anybody that has a lot of success has had to be selfish at one point or the other. Shane and I, um, so before the finals, I tell him, okay, hey, this is about you. Like these next two months are about you. And boy, have I regretted that at times because I'm now giving you like free reign. Hey, you be selfish. This is all about you. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I could roll that back a little bit. But I do think like those two months, those few weeks leading up to the NFR, like that is their Super Bowl and that is our well being. And so if there's any ever any time to be selfish, it's right then. So I told him that. And so we had the conversation about being selfish and that it's honestly that it's okay. I asked if he thinks that I'm selfish because obviously in my eyes, I don't think I am. So I'm sure he doesn't think he is either. But I said, do you think that I'm selfish? And he said, and it was just real eye-opening for me. It was just like a conversation. It wasn't a, a disagreement or anything. He said, I think 
yes, this year you were selfish. And I said, okay, okay, how, why? Like, I obviously want to fix it. When I, he said, he said, you didn't have the, you, you knew you weren't going to make the NFBR and you chose to stay with your traveling partners and rodeo with them. And you could have come with me because we don't rodeo together. Um, and I said, okay. I said, yeah. I said, I guess that's, that, that's true. I said, but I didn't want to give up. I was still like, mm, there's a chance. There's a chance. And I said, with that being said, you had the NFR made. I said, you could have said, hey, I'm going to not go to every rodeo. And I'm going to go with Taylor. I said, so in a sense, we were both being selfish. And he went, you know what? You're right. And I think that's a takeaway that we were both rodeoing separately, which honestly, it, it bothers me more now than it did when we were just dating. But the fact that we were both out there selfishly pursuing what our goals and then when it's all over with we didn't regret it but we were like maybe we should have done it a little different but i think that's rodeo he had his gold and i had mine and so yeah we were both a little bit selfish in the fact that we stayed hooked and stayed going in different directions separately but you know i don't at the same time i don't regret it he ended up getting what he wanted and his goal was accomplished and i didn't get to make the nfbr but i had a great time with the girls that i was with and um, I, th- I think that's just part of life. Yeah. And there are a couple of things there that stood out to me. And one in that being, he's lucky that you come from a place where you really understand what he needs. Like you're talking about going into the finals and you just telling him, this is your time to be selfish or getting to the getting to Vegas for the finals and being like, this is about you. I'm just understanding what he needs because you've been there. Like, how lucky is he that he has a wife that gets that on such a deep level and is just willing to give to him. And then two, that you guys had the experience you had last year and then being able to talk about it and understand each other. And it seems like you walked away from that maybe with a little bit of regret because that happens, but also learning from that regret and now maybe knowing how to handle things a little bit differently in the future and what you both want and maybe what's more important to you guys. We need to prioritize being able to rodeo together a little bit more. Yeah. And I think because we're both competitors and we both want to be successful on a high level, we understand and we're not mad that that either one of us has selfish moves that we have to make in order to achieve our goals i think that's something that you know a lot of people maybe from the outside looking in are like why don't they rodeo together or why they never spend time together but i think at the end of the day we both have have what know what we want to accomplish and so we're willing to do some of the things that might seem odd or that don't make sense to some people to try to achieve those goals yeah one thing that i think it's important to say here is that When we talk about being selfish or you even say that word to anybody in any area of life, it has a very negative connotation. Instantly, when you're like, that person's selfish, they're like, oh, what? But I don't think that it's always a bad thing. And just like you were saying at the beginning of this, it's like it's a necessary part of success. And the best you can hope for is finding some sort of balance in that selfishness that you can, like you and Shane have, come to the realization that sometimes we need to prioritize our relationship or being together because that's what we want. But I don't think it's always bad to prioritize your own goals or dreams. 
Absolutely. I was at home. I was um, definitely living through him a little bit because I didn't have um, my own thing going. And I think that put some, maybe some pressure. I don't know. I would have to ask him, but I was definitely like trying to live through him and to be able to have my own thing, I think helped both of us because now it's not on him to give me that wave that we're used to the highs and the lows i'm super grateful that he is understanding and accepting that i i i don't do a lot of the things that some of the wives do i'm out there doing my own thing and he is great about it he doesn't ever make me feel bad for doing the things that i want to do and I love that about him. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that he allows you to be independent because you do seem like a very independent person. I am. It's funny because he says like, that's the best thing and the worst thing about me because I am independent and I want to do things. And he says, but sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're needy. And it's, I don't know where to step in. He's Sometimes you're like, I need help. And it just rocks me because I'm like, oh, shoot, she needs help. What do I do? And I think it is a little bit of a challenge for him when I'm like, okay, I'm tired of doing this on my own help, but he's gotten a lot better. Yeah. You are, I think, the only other person that's ever given a voice to those feelings that I've experienced because I, too, am just super independent. I was when I was really young and out on the road rodeoing myself because you have to. And is super grateful that I did. But then also when Luke left me home alone and went and rodeoed and I was young, I had to be independent and I had to learn to be okay on my by myself. And so I think we experienced very much what you just said there is then when I finally got just tired of having to be independent all of the time and always be the one who's, yeah, I got this. I'm eight months pregnant. I can put a baby crib together. Like, I can do it. But then sometimes you just don't want to have to be because you do have a partner. And you're like, why am I 100% of the time? I know you have to be away a lot. But when you are here, can you just pick that up for me and do it so I don't have to be constantly strong and constantly independent. Yeah. And I think that's like a hard role for them to step in and out of. And being at home or being in your routine of normal things and having your spouse step in there, you're like, it's, it almost catches you off guard sometimes because they're entering your space and your schedule and the way that you do things. And you're so glad that they're home or you're so glad that they're present and they're with you. But at the same time, you're like, oh, that's not how I do that. And so I think it takes a a little bit of an adjustment period to be like, okay, this is how we're going to do it together. Because you get so used to doing it on your own that you almost have to readjust when they are home or when they are present to having some help or to having someone there to do the things with you. Yeah. That's a flip side or the downside to being independent, right? It's like you learn to do all these things on your own and be this like resilient party of one. And then they come back and it's, you have to let go a little bit of your environment, of your control, because they're coming back to what is your home together and you want them to feel like it's just as much theirs but the reality is you're the one there all the time it does feel like your own space instead of your shared space yes for sure yeah one of the very exciting things that i know is happening in your guys's life is that your family is going to be growing can we talk about that 
Yes, we actually are going to have a little boy. So we found out that it's a boy at the end of May. And Shane and I are both excited and nervous about like how our life is going to change. The first few weeks for me were rough. I was not sick at all, but I was so tired. And even before I knew I was pregnant, I'm like, I am so tired. It was just odd for me. I'm like, this, I'm, I'm like more tired than after rodeo over the 4th of July. But I didn't think anything. I was like, man, I, just, I guess I'm just tired. Once we found out that I was pregnant, I don't think either one of us are nervous about being parents. I, I know he's going to be a great parent. He's going to be a great dad, a super present dad. And that's, I told Shane, I feel like those are like some big worries that I'm not worried about at all. In my mind, I am worried like, what are we going to do <laughs> with this child now until what are we going to do? Because we've, since I've been rodeoing and since we've been together, we've rodeoed separate. I'm like, well, are we going to rodeo together? What are, are we, am I going to rodeo? Am I going to stay home? And I think that unknown of what life holds for us with an addition of a little boy, what, what is, how is that all going to, and I've decided that my best approach so far, and maybe this is just like trying to not think about it, but my best approach so far has been to just, we'll just see how it goes. I'm not making any plans. We'll just see how it goes. And it was funny to me because he said, when I found out my due date, he's, I think, when when I thought my due date was, it was going to be over Gaiman. And he's, I'm not going to go to Gaiman. And I'm like, what? You do go to Gaiman literally every year. You don't, it's fine. Go to Gaiman. It's not, it, that, and, and maybe this is me just being like naive, but I'm like, you don't necessarily have to be there. You'll come home. It'll be fine. And I'm not worried about what we'll be like as parents. And maybe that's silly and naive, but I think we'll figure that out. My biggest fear is I love being competitive and I love competition, but at the same time, I know myself enough and I know Shane enough that as parents, I think we're definitely going to take a little bit of a backseat to this little boy. And um, so I don't know like how to, how that's going to balance out as far as, okay, this little boy is going to be our world and still pursuing our goals and our dreams. Yeah where that comes from. Those are all very valid fears. I, I love, though, that it's more the logistics that concern you as opposed to your ability to be great parents because just the love that you'll have to give that little boy and like you said, being present and him being so important, like those are really the things that matter. That's at least my experience in being a mom. Like when you have that, the other stuff really does work itself out. And the addition of a baby to your family has a way of bringing some clarity and focus to what you want in life and what's truly important to you. And I think you guys just, you'll be champs at this too, no doubt. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know if it was us being selfish or, or what, we, but he was ready for um, a little boy or a kid anytime, really. But it was great because he never like was like, come on, we need to have a baby. I'm ready to have a baby. He always said, whenever you're ready. And once I was pregnant and I was going through all the emotions and everything, I, I told him when I, I'm like, I'm so glad that this was more so my decision than yours. Not that it wasn't both of ours, but at the end of the day, I, I feel like I'm 
doing the brunt of the work at this point. And I said, I'm glad that I was able to decide when that happened. But we did, we waited a little while because we wanted to do some stuff. We wanted to rodeo and we wanted to, to do all the things. And I think a lot of times, and, and this is just my theory, I don't really have any um, evidence or proof to support this, but I think as rodeo athletes experience life and age and go through life stages, their priorities um, begin to change a little bit. And I think sometimes it affects their performance. And I just think like when even Shane will say like when I was 19 and 20 years old, the only thing I thought about was roping. The only thing I thought about was roping. And then he gets older and we get, we start dating and get married now. Okay. Now he has to think about me. And now he has to think about, okay, what am I going to do eventually after rodeo? And what about my family and stuff like that? And so I think as a rodeo athlete progresses through life, they start to get spread a little bit more thin on what they give their time and their energy to. And like I said, I think um, Shane and I will both give a lot to this little boy. And so we were, we knew that we weren't quite ready to give that much to something to someone else yet and so we waited and i'm really happy we did but now in his in shane's mind he's i can rodeo for a little bit longer and then when it's t-ball and basketball time i'll be home i'll be retired and i'll be at home and i think he's very much looking forward to that but at the same time i don't want him to be rodeoing and wish he was at home and and it's only natural to to be that way because they don't want to miss out their child is growing up without him and i know shane and, and how he is and he is that's going to be so hard for him like it is any parent but i think like i said it takes away a little bit from you as a competitor because you're out there in redmond oregon but you're wishing you were at home yeah. watching your little boy crawl or do whatever just spend time with him and so that's one of the reasons we waited and i just wanted to have a little bit of time like just shane and i i say that even now i'm like shane likes to sleep in and i'm like okay we better get all of this we can because this is we don't know if, if our little boy is gonna sleep in or if he's gonna be up at the crack of dawn we don't really know but we were so excited between the both of us we have eight nephews that are around us all the time and so i feel like we have a lot of practice and we love our nephews and we get to spend a lot of time with them but i was pumped that it was a little boy because they'll just fit in i was like (laughs) can you imagine a little girl coming into eight nephews like she one she's gonna be a tomboy and then she's never gonna date because she's gonna have all these mean nephews around and so I was very excited that it was a little boy. I don't think that I've ever heard anybody share that same idea that you just did, but it really makes a lot of sense as I'm hearing you say it and thinking about it myself and processing it. But maybe that goes back to that being selfish, starting a family or becoming parents. You're just not as selfish anymore. Something is more important than you all of a sudden. And that's the yeah. major thing that happens as parents. But I can see how what you're saying, there could be merit to that. It takes a little bit away from that. Your brain's kind of uh, split or your energy, your time. And 
I think I've talked to Luke a little bit about it. We did have kids and he was still rodeoing, but there were so many things he missed out on. And there would be times that I thought I'd call him all excited. Baby just walked for the first time or whatever. And he'd be like, oh, that's great, but didn't seem to share as much excitement. I'm like, I thought you'd be more excited. And it's not that he wasn't ever like a very loving father. But we've talked about it since then or since him retiring. And he has shared that he felt like when we had kids and he was out on the road, he really had to compartmentalize that part of his life because he had to be so focused and so in the moment and so still consumed by rodeo that he still loved them and missed them. But if he started, if he let that in and opened that door too much, then that took over. And all he could think about was how much he missed the family and how much he wanted to be home. And he didn't feel he could be successful. So I think in different words, he was sharing that same idea that you just brought up there. Oh, I I agree with that 100%. Shane and I, it's funny because when we're gone in the summer, we don't say, I wish I was home. Because that same reason, I think when you start going, man, I wish I was home and if only I could be home, it you start kind of start leaning that way and you're like, well, I guess I could go home, you know. I just, again, I think it just splits it up. And so we don't say, I wish we could go home because that just enters into your mind. Like, oh, well, you could be home. So, and same thing, like, it's funny because, like, even when we're apart, it's, hey, I miss you, but let's not talk about it all the time. That's not the focus. We'll see each other when we see each other. And let's not make that the focus. Let's make, when we do get to see each other, that be good. And when we out here, when we're out here running, let's make that the focus. Let's not give any attention or time or energy to the things that we want, but we know we really can't have. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. The other thing that I was thinking as I heard you talk about your starting your family and your decision to do it when you did it is that you and Shane were together for a long time before you got married. You dated for a long time and certainly a kind of unconventional relationship just because you're traveling. It's not like you guys were spending every day together and then waiting a little while. And there tends to be some kind of pressure to like, you've gotten married. When are you going to start your family? And so you guys putting that off, did you feel that like judgment or expectation of doing things in a certain timeline? Did that feel like pressure to you at all? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't think people mean anything malicious by it. I think that's just like the natural, oh, y'all got married. What are y'all going to have kids? (laughs) And it's funny because I would straight up tell people, it's going to be a while. (laughs) It's going to be a while. And I love kids and I'm around kids at almost any rodeo we go to. There's little kids that I I enjoy playing with them and being with them and stuff like that. And so people were like, I don't understand. You like kids. I said, I do like kids. I love kids. But in our own time, I want to have our own kids. And I think everybody has their way of doing things, whether it's kids or marriage or relationships or rodeo or whatever. I... Not that I don't care, but I it doesn't bother me as much what, what people think or say or do. Shane, on the other hand, is very much a people pleaser and he wants to have people's approval. And it is 
a challenge sometimes when I'm like, who cares what they think? And I care. I'm like, okay, but does their opinion really matter? And so again, it's probably a good thing because it keeps me from doing like wild and crazy things because I don't care what people think. And it it also, I think with my attitude, it, it keeps Shane from being consumed by what um, other people think and, and say. Yeah. It sounds like it's kind of part of a bigger approach to your life in not letting doing things on your own terms seems like something that's important to you. And there's so much to be said in the value of not letting other people's ideas or opinions dictate your decision or your timeline or how you want your life to go. That it's okay to live outside of the norm and that be your perfect idea of life. Yeah, yeah. And and I go, I wouldn't say I've always been that way, but it's definitely something that I'm like, I do things my way now. And it's, <laughs> somebody told me once, I'm like, it must be so nice to not care. I'm like, honestly, it is. It is so nice to not care. I said, you should try it. Like, it's so freeing. So towards the end of every episode, I usually do two things. One is that I'm going to ask you a question that was given to me by a previous guest, something they left anonymously for some future guest, you know, not knowing that it was going to be you, but a question that they answered. Okay, their question is, what's something that happened in your life this year that you are the most proud of? Um, I think that's pretty easy. I think it's Shane and I, uh, Shane and I getting to add a little little boy to our family. That's the best answer you could have had. Yeah. And the last one is that I always ask the guest for their favorite rodeo moment or memory. And I would love for you to tell me both your own personal favorite and then one of maybe getting to support Shane. Okay. So for me, my personal favorite would be in 2000 when I set the arena record. That was just a big moment. And, you know, it's funny because every once in a while, like once a year, I probably go back and watch that video and just kind of relive the emotions, you know. And it was just something that I didn't expect at all. You know, I thought I would be successful out there, but I didn't expect to like set an arena record, you know. And then for the fact that like announcers would announce that over and over again was pretty cool. I have to jump in and tell you that I was there in the stands of the finals watching you and I totally remember that too. And oh, this, those moments are so exciting. That was like, it's those runs that you see that are just like flawless. It's like watching magic happen down there. And anytime you're there, and especially with the finals too, when there's just like that energy. And I feel like I'm biased a little bit, but I feel like in the barrel race, the crowd gets so into it. <laughs> And it's just, oh, there's nothing like that. I feel like I've got chills reliving your favorite memory, but it's just, gosh, what an accomplishment. You know, it was so cool because it could have gone one way or the other. Like I could have had a barrel or, or I couldn't, you know, or I could have set up an review record. And it was definitely one of those like, holy crap moments, you know? Okay, now you can tell me Shane's. When he won the American, I think it was 2021 that he won the American. I remember thinking, like, holy crap, he did it. You know, he um, beat beat some of the best in the world. And with that 100000 we bought our first trailer house. And so um, there's not a whole lot of times that we I can be like, oh, my gosh, that paid for this. But um, when he won the American, we found yeah. a little thing wide, and we bought it, and we put it on our land. Yeah. Well, Taylor, I've loved having you today. And 
I feel like you've genuinely given me so much to think about in the way that you view this lifestyle and a brand new perspective. And I'm so grateful for that. I talk about rodeo all the time and, and I love it. But hearing somebody that brings such a like really fresh eyes and ideas to the way that we view this lifestyle is so cool for me. So thank you for being that. Oh, you're welcome. Well, that was fun. Now, if you're anything like me and just can't get enough of these behind the scenes stories from our inspiring guests, then my website is the perfect place to dig even deeper into the world of rodeo. Visit the link in the show notes for even more companion pass content. 